Hello, and welcome to Cruising Through History. My name is Xander. I'm sitting here with the wonderful Scott Cruz. <laughs> Scott, where are we cruising through today? Well, Xander, I thought today we'd talk about Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla, like Tesla coils, kind of. Yep, the inventor. Okay. So where are we starting with this? Well, we're going to start just, I I wanted to, didn't know exactly to talk about some of his inventions or one in particular, but he was so fascinating when I was looking looking at this. He He was born in 1856 in Serbia. He did go to college, but he never finished. He got a lot of practical experience, and he was always really adept at, like, physics, and he actually really liked that that subject. So in, in, he went to Paris, and he worked at the what was called Continental Edison. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we all know that name. Yeah. Because at the time, these, the, the industry of electricity was very new, and he worked on lighting in the Paris area. And then a little while later, like in the early 1880s, um, one of the managers of Continental Edison in Paris went to America, and he took... Uh, Tesla with him. Tesla came and became a citizen, and that's how he came to be in the United States. Okay, so from Serbia to France to the United States (laughs) without a college degree. No, a lot of practical experience he was gaining with this new new technology, really. Mm -hmm. And so um, he did uh, work at um, for Edison's what was called the Edison Machine Factory or something in New York City, but he only worked there for like six months, and then he left to start his own company. Okay. And the problem with that, though, was that he had all this knowledge, and he started, and he had to get investors for his new company. And I think it was called the Tesla Electric and Manufacturing Company. Well, the investors thought, well, manufacturing is way too competitive. Let's just concentrate on the electricity part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, in exchange for stock of the company, uh, Tesla had sold his patents to these investors. And I think we all know where this story is going because at some point the investors pulled out, took their patents with them, left Tesla penniless, and basically started their own electric company. So he basically took the risk of business and lost. Um, Yes, yes. And he was working on... um, Now, he's really famous for his alternating current ac induction motor and if if you know at the time there was this big well actually there's a movie called the current war with uh, benedict cumberbatch as thomas edison and michael shannon as george westinghouse and there was this big uh battle going on to light cities i mean there was a lot of money involved in this and would you use the ac current which was safer that was always the big thing the ac current which Tesla came up with, or the DC current, which is what Edison was marketing. It's very, uh, <laughs> the difference is one's a direct current, so the electrons flow directly. I'm no scientist, so I'll try the best I can here. And of course, alternator current means it would go back and forth. It's, it's got something to do with how the electrons move. Okay. And so I think at the time there was some, well, there was some probably some valid concern about this new technology because you had sparks flying and all kinds of stuff. And so um, it was Westinghouse, though, that kind of helped Tesla because he had licensed the patents for the AC motor, mm-hmm. which is an induction motor that somehow 
creates this magnetic field and that causes the motor to spin. And this stuff's really up there. <laughs> yeah, but in, importantly, it's this kind of competition that, that's going on because it sounded like Tesla started out one of Edison's companies, then tried going off on his own. Right. And he had great ideas and patents, but they were either stole, not stolen, but given away and right. then brought it out. But he was still like a competitive businessman. And right. And even, even before he started another company with new investors, he was like d- digging ditches, just doing like electrical repair, mm-hmm. trying to get by as well as he could. But Westinghouse had been marketing this AC, and so it was sort of a good match. Oh, so it's not that, you know, Tesla himself was necessarily the one pushing AC in the cities, but it was still his patent originally. Yes, yes. And we find that a lot with a lot of things. Um, For example, I mean, everyone knows that Marconi invented radio. That's always the story. You say everyone knows, like I had any idea that was the case. (laughs) Uh, Guglielmo Marconi, well, he did send the first transatlantic radio transmission, but he used technology from 17 of Tesla's patents. Oh. So people think it's Tesla who really came up with a lot of the radio um, technology for sending wireless communication. Mm Mm-hmm. And actually, I don't know many people know this, but in 1943, the U.S. Supreme Court revoked Marconi's radio patents in favor of Tesla and two other scientists. And it wasn't that anything was stolen. It's just that he used mostly Tesla's technology to... And that's one thing Tesla was really interested in was wireless technology. He you know, loved today. It was today's world. Of well, Bluetooth. today's world, is, it's very interesting because... You know, you can look at some of Tesla's inventions and say, mm, are they practical? But you look now and think, well, now they probably would be. He was sort of a, I mean, he had practical stuff, don't get me wrong. You know, mm-hmm. Edison had the light bulb, and we always know the phonograph and all that. But it's almost like he was a futurist in some ways. Okay. Um, because in 1906, or 19, I believe it was around there, J.P. Morgan gave him $150,000 to build this huge tower. So there's this 185-foot tower on Long Island, and it was used for wireless communication out to ships at sea and across the Atlantic Ocean. So like a modern-day communication? Well, exactly, yeah, it's a communication tower. Yes, yes. And so the only problem with it, though, was I think when um, Morgan couldn't see anything was really the value of it. And I think a lot of times it's her Tesla... Because a lot of times I think he was way ahead of the people he was trying to get money from. Mm-hmm. Then they, they kind of abandoned the project, and the and the uh, tower was taken down like in 1917. But there's still pictures of it. I, in fact, I have a book here called Tesla, Wizard at War. And there's a picture of that dome. And I'm showing it to Xander because no one else can see it. Mm-hmm. But there's a picture of the dome right on the cover and that's what it looked like. That's kind of um, what the idea is. It's, it looks like an electrical tower with like a bubble or dome at the top. It's yes. almost like um, yes. it's almost like an aircraft traffic control tower. Yes, is kind of what it looks like. Right. And that, and maybe I don't know if this book does it. I haven't read the book, but mm-hmm. that kind of seems like the idea. But he was thinking ship navigation. Right, right. And he also um, on the whole subject of wireless technology. He had an idea that you could actually light up cities with wireless technology. You could send the electricity without wire. I mean, it's hard to explain because (laughs) it's so far out there. 
In fact, there's a magazine illustration from like 1912 that would show all these what were called balloon stations. So he put these coils up there and that would transmit. And he, he always thought you could use like the Earth's, if you were in thin air, you could use it and you could distribute it that way. You could almost do it around the world. Now, is that very theoretical? Probably. But he had those those kinds of ideas. Yeah, really. You know, if he was born 100 years later, he would have been, would have gotten a lot more done or a lot more recognition, it seems, because he's such, Right. Was, this sounds out there, because I hear this, and I don't think, you know, late 1800s, early 1900s. <laughs> right. It sounds like mid-1900s, when I was 2000s. When I was looking at this, I kept thinking, this almost sounds like steampunk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and for our listeners, steampunk is like a form of literature where it takes place like in the Victorian era, but it's got a lot of these steam-powered inventions and devices and that's what i kind of got this feeling when i was when i was looking at this although this is real i mean uh, he came up with a radio controlled boat which he later tried to market as a kind of a radio controlled torpedo mm-hmm. well yeah they have those now then they didn't so there's nothing um there's so many things that he was involved in some were hit and miss i mean there are you go you go on the internet and there's all these websites like 10 inventions that didn't make it or something and i wrote a couple of them down cuz i thought they were kind of funny and they're all going to be tesla related tesla yeah tesla inventions that never got built the earthquake machine earthquake machine a thought camera <laughs> wireless energy but that didn't go but i think that's it's a thing now exactly well yeah uh, cuz a lot of i mean that's a Gosh, companies are pushing for, like, wireless charging stations. Right. Well, wireless. Um, But it transfers energy, uh, but without plugging into. Yeah, I wrote that down, and I never thought of that. You're right. We do it now, but maybe they were talking about them because you also had the artificial tidal wave. Mm -hmm. Which, that is a thing if you go to a water park. Um, Well, not a tidal wave, but, you know, a wave machine. I think his, the earthquake machine, they call it that, but... He never really pursued it because it was thing, a thing, I think, that happened by accident. Mm-hmm. He had started up all his... And if you ever see him sitting in his lab, he's got all these inventions, and they're all sparking all over the place. And he just sits there calmly. That idea of, like, that image of almost... Not a mad scientist, but a very yes. busy scientist. That's Tesla, right? Well, think of... when I, The whole time I'm thinking of the Frankenstein movie, mm-hmm. where... You look at his lab, it's got the Tesla coils and all the electric, you know, it's all going up and down. Mm-hmm. And I thought of that, too, because it just, I, I could picture, not that Tesla was, you know, reanimating the dead, but I could see that. But his ideas are far-fetched along those lines, it sounds like. Because yes. he, it's, it, it, we don't we don't get to say this a lot, but he seemed ahead of his time. He was, he was, and... Um, you know, and like all scientists, you know, he, I think he he focused on his work a lot. He lost a lot of money. <laughs> During the end of his life, he just lived in various hotels and sort of got out of Dodge when he needed to pay. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but yeah, and he actually came, had the idea, this is interesting too, for a electric car. Oh. Which is why they're called Teslas, because... The company, there were two guys who started the company that later Elon Musk bought, mm-hmm. and they named it in honor of him. because. And he started thinking about this in the 1890s. I mean, this tells you how far you know it's going here. But it was a, 
Pierce Arrow that he thought. But his idea was to – oh, here. So his idea was by watching steam-driven electric vehicles. So he thought, hmm, and this he wrote this like in 1904. Mm-hmm. Well, if steam can – if you can – you know, steam can be generated, and you should be able to use that to power a dynamo. Mm-hmm. And the dynamo would be hooked up to an induction motor to power the car electrically. Of course, now modern Teslas use lithium batteries. But he was thinking more about steam. But the concept is there. Yeah. The, and sometimes it's just the idea to get you started um, to yes. get somewhere. Because I don't, you know, he had the idea, but I'm guessing he didn't get much testing or no. much done with that. No, I think he had a lot of ideas that sort of stayed on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because a lot of inventors were like that. Well, that's the thing with inventions is that you can invent or you can think of the technology, but then when it comes to business, there needs to be a market that will buy it. Uh, And that then asks there to be enough money to actually go into the research and get that done. It sounds like that's where Tesla struggled is the marketing, the business, the securing funding. And and I do think a lot of times because people didn't think – that some of these things were practical. I mean, who? I mean, if you were just someone came into your office and said, "Give me 150 grand because I'm going to build this, uh, ro- you know, not rocket ship, but I'm going to do all this wireless stuff," you'd think, "What? I'm not just going to hand over." <laughs> yeah, and it's something you've never even heard of or thought of too. Like it sounds, right, someone right. walks in and they're just like, "You know, I've got this idea for." a book but all it's going to do is project in front of your eyes and that's it like well, how do you like you walk in and be like who's going to why well, would one I thing i've that? discovered doing this and i kind of knew this before but um a lot of people don't like thomas edison <laughs> yeah it sounds i mean it seems tesla worked for what some of his companies edison sounds like he's gotten he was good at the business part of things as well yes and tesla wasn't and there seems to i've heard of like these rifts between tesla and edison and yes. then now people don't like edison as much so what what happened well i don't know some people say that well tesla didn't really interact much with i think it all had to do with the acdc mm-hmm. thing in fact um and there's actually film of this in 1902 you can see it on youtube if you want i don't know if i would suggest it for some people but uh to prove that ac was a dangerous thing because one of the things that you could use this electricity for was putting people in an electric chair. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to prove? Which is safer, DC or AC? I mean, I don't know if it matters for the person sitting in the chair. But so te- uh, so um, to pr- something about the AC wanted to prove that it was more dangerous. So he said, you know what we're going to do? There was a circus on Coney Island or something that had this elephant named Topsy, who was 36 years old at the time was kind of temperamental. I think it's because the animal had been abused in many ways. So they thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to electrocute this elephant to prove that, see what's going to happen if you use AC for this instead of DC? So Edison, 1,500 people showed up to watch this. And it's filmed. It's there. And it's and now there's a memorial to Topsy after about 100 years. Oh, geez. It's fairly grim watching. Um, because you know what's going to happen. And I think, and then someone actually wrote in the comments, I didn't think I could dislike Edison more. <laughs> and I thought, man, he's, his reputation is really kind of taken on a chin. But really, without his contributions, we wouldn't have a lot of stuff either. So that's how I look at it. 
Yeah, but I mean, it's he's willing to go so far to prove a pretty moot point. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I say moot, it's more about the way that's like, what's more dangerous for like, what is more dangerous than killing someone? I mean, I don't know the killing. Yeah, I somebody? don't know what the. Yeah, it was just it was very odd, and I don't know why he did this, but he was really good at these. Um, at marketing himself too. Yeah, he seems theatrical. Yeah, a showman. Mm-hmm. And I think Tesla could have been that too because he could do so many wild things with electricity and not seem to harm himself. Mm-hmm. That's just because he knew, you know. But probably his biggest, um, well, not biggest, but one thing that I really wanted to talk about was something that he came up with in the 30s. So he was older now. And it was called a teleforce, which was a particle beam weapon. Now, the interesting thing here is one thing we know about inventors, a lot of them will sort of go into this military. We Archimedes with the giant mirror to blind naval, you know, if there's someone was trying to attack Sicily or wherever he lived, mm-hmm. and the giant hooks for the ships to to pull them onto the rocks. Leonardo da Vinci had many drawings, some not practical, of military machines. So to me, this was sort of an evolution of things that were going on. And and then, you know, we talked about World War One a few times in our podcast. You know, who would have thought that aerial bombardment would have been a thing? Tanks, submarines. That would all seem like craziness in the early 20th century. Mm-hmm. So to me, this is just... He's, and it's also a way, I, I think sometimes your inventors say, I'm going to come up with a weapon so destructive that's going to stop war because no one's going to want to use it. I mean, we think about that with the atomic bomb. Yeah, I mean, that that is still um, mutually assured destruction is certainly a concept. Right, um, right. So Tesla got his foot in the door on this as well. So <laughs> He did. And so the idea of a death ray or a death beam, if you want to call it that, eh, that was kind of around in the 20s and 30s. You had a lot of people making these bold statements that they had invented one when they never really showed any progress on one. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the claim, first, claim was first made in 1923 and um, that they were going to develop a death ray. It never functioned. And so Tesla said, well, hold on a second. I invented a death beam, which he called it that, but it's not a ray. And so that's why he called it a beam. That's mm-hmm. sort of the Because there, there's specific scientific terms. Right. So he called it teleforce. And the reason he said a ray is a misnomer is because a ray doesn't have enough energy, it'll disperse before it even hits a target. Because light, when light is going through the air, it basically is bouncing off of all the particles in the air and disperses that way. That's the right. So you can't fire something a long distance with a ray. Yeah. Now think of you know War of the Worlds where they the Martians had rays, but they were actually shooting things mm-hmm. close to them. So you couldn't shoot one a long way because, like you said. By the time the energy gets to the target, it's it's a, it's not going to do anything because it's already dispersed. Yeah. So his idea was uh, non-dispersive technology, where you could shoot these particle beams in a straight line, and that would keep it concentrated. It's almost like a laser. Yeah, of? yeah, kind of like that. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think of that one. So he he didn't like it. The press sort of glommed onto it as a death ray. Of course, he the pre- it's the press. He didn't like that at all. He didn't like the calling it that. So, and he actually wrote. He specifically said that, you know, my apparatus projects particles which may be relatively large, or microscopic in dimensions, enabling us to convey to a small area, a great distance, trillions of times more energy, 
than is possible at rays of any kind. Now, he sometimes was into hyperbole, <laughs> a, you know, a trillion times. I mean, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, the only problem with his invention was that it never seemed, you know, he always say he constructed one, but it never seemed that there was one around. Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is the, this is an, an age-old problem with light um, weapons. And I say age-old um, because people have tried to mimic Star Wars lightsabers yes. for a long time. And part of the biggest issue isn't actually the technology, but it's getting that small package of a lightsaber <laughs> into that much area. Um, right. Aside from all the whole thing of light keeps going. It doesn't just stop. It's keeps going right. um that is part of the issue i'm guessing and i'm before you even you know you're gonna you're gonna have an answer i'm guessing it would be way too big for any practical use would be Pro, yeah guess. i think that's what was found mm -hmm. that the energy required even though it would run it was like a vacuum and it was open-ended so the, the 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 one end of it was out in the atmosphere and he would use it as a vacuum, and that's how you could get the particles. I'm probably explaining this horribly. <laughs> so, and that's how you could sort of concentrate them through a nozzle at the at the front, mm -hmm. like a laser, like you were saying. Yeah, similar to that. Um, and you got to put this in the context of when this is happening. So he thinks about this in the 30s. Mm -hmm. What's happening? Well, you got Hitler in Germany. Yeah, a lot of tension because this is slightly before World War II yeah, starts. So, 1934 is when the idea was first put out there. And this goes through the 30s to like the late 30s mm -hmm. when you're really getting the Munich crisis and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, but what's funny is that he did send a document to all these governments around the world saying, you know, this is my weapon and it's going to stop war and all this stuff. And he didn't really get a lot of hits on it. I mean... I think in 1935 he met with the Soviet Union. They were going to buy it, but there was no there's no evidence they ever made anything. And then in 1938, the UK government, the British government thought, well, you know, maybe we'll buy this because even if we don't develop it, just having Hitler know that we might have a weapon like this. I mean, this was starting to freak some people out because there was a, a diplomat who was the ambassador to Italy. You know, he was cabling back to Washington. We've got to do something about this because if this gets into European hands, well, instead of using bullets, they're going to use this. I mean, I don't think they really knew what the technology was. Yeah, because it's uh, the size. I mean, it sounds like no one really knew what it. Yeah, exactly that. No one knew what it actually was. They just <laughs> the idea was being sold, trying to be sold to them, but yes. there was no testing. There was no um, not big shows. Not that I'm really aware of. It just seemed to be exist in his head, mm -hmm. quite literally, because um, he had claimed that some people had broken into his apartment and were trying and were like rifling through his files and everything. He think it was to get, because people are starting to hear this, you know. And so, but he said, "Well, you don't have to worry because of the blueprints in my head. I don't have anything written down." I thought. Maybe you should write something down. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a whole bunch of baloney at this at this it, juncture. It, you know what's funny? When I was looking at it, I said, this kind of does. I, I don't want to say that because he did you know, he did a lot of things where he came up with stuff. But mm -hmm. I, I wonder if he was just, he was so up on this invention, you know, he just needed the, the, the go-ahead. By this point, he's close to his 80s? Yes. We're, yeah, he's, 
he's getting um, near the end of his life. And then in, even in 1940, he was asked about it at a press conference. It seems like every bir- on his birthday he would give press conferences in his later years. And um, he said he did offer the weapon to the United States, but there was no interest. My guess is there's no interest because people didn't think it was practical. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you, I mean, we, we, we should really think that, I mean, if the U.K. or the U.S. could have gotten a weapon that would have made World War II shorter, I think they would have done it. I mean, they did sort of. They did, um, they, yes. Well, I say sort of as if that didn't, it didn't work. Um, but this sounds like, you know, the dif- a big difference between, like, the atom bomb yes. and this concept is I, when you're talking about it, it's like, well, it is a death um, beam, but it, how many people can it affect? It, it, see, it, only effect, it seemed to only live in his head. Yeah. Whereas with the atomic bomb, that had been a gradual starting like in the 20s and 30s, and other countries were working on it too. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's, I, I think when people think, and, and maybe um, someone who's more familiar with war, um, war tactics is probably going to say something um, on this one, is that it's not necessarily the people, that's the, it's more structures as well. Um, right. It's, it's not just the, oh, someone will die if they're hit by that. There's plenty of things that'll kill people. <laughs> like I mean, that is true. But structural damage early early theorist of air power that was their selling point Mm -hmm. listen you don't have to expend all these men we'll just send bombs and that's how we'll fight we'll fight through the air Mm -hmm. well world war one put the lie to that and so did world war even even if you go into modern warfare um like iraq and places yeah they use air power but they also used infantry and so that's never been a proven thing that yeah. this will reap. And that's always seems to be the, the thing about all these weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, this will replace this and then no one will want to fight anymore. And we, we know that's not true. Yeah. I think probably the, and I mean, people talk about the bayonets, but like people still have melee weapons on right. part of, it's a part of their training. Hand to hand combat. Right. Hand to hand combat. Um, the uh, knives, there are still things that you can attach right. to a gun that'll work as a bayonet. And there's, a, there's some modern writers. Uh, I have a biography here by W Bernard Carlson and other writers have, and he writes about the particle beam though. Basic, the basic principle of using electrostatic forces to accelerate particles is sound. Tesla's description is not sufficiently detailed to conclude that he could have already built such a weapon. Mm-hmm. You would need a massive amounts of energy to accelerate particles that Tesla had in mind. Some argue that in order for Tesla's weapon to satisfy British Air Ministry's requirements, that you would act- actually make a pilot's blood boil. To just do one of those, you need 36,960 watts of power. To destroy an army of one million, which Tesla claimed this weapon could do, you would need 7.4 nuclear reactors, each delivering 5,000 megawatts. Yeah. So the power required questions raises questions about its feasibility. Yep. It's that's that's the thing. That's the thing with all of these sort of light weapons. To say is the energy required to do that is way too high. Right. And it doesn't like. And I'm not saying this negates all the other wonderful things that Tesla did, like X-rays and uh, hydroelectric power. The first hydroelectric power station in Niagara Falls, New York, used like 12 of his patents. Mm-hmm. He did so much in electricity. This one thing, it just seemed like it was more an idea than anything. And it's showboating. And it's showboating where he's not 
good. Um, <laughs> right. Right. And, and so, I mean, by the time this is happening and he's getting this, he's old. And yes. there's no way he lives much longer. No, he died before. in 1943. So, okay. and even then it was not controversial, but a lot of Americans thought he was killed by Nazi spies. We're back to the Nazi spies again, which we were in the last, because, you know, there were, there was so much talk and, and he kind of fades a little until about 1960 uh, when someone names a unit of measurement, a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And um, there's more interest in him in the nineties. It starts to go back to there's more interest in him. So I think, yes, he came through that. And today we know him because of the car. Yeah. If anything, people just know the name Tesla. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, because of that, he's tied to electricity and it's weird. Um, because in grade schools, we learn a lot more about Edison than we do about Tesla. You probably learn more about Benjamin Franklin electricity than... Exactly. Tes- Tesla seems to be a name that has fallen off until you really start getting into electrical engineering. Yes. Um, the uh, concepts of that. Despite how important his patents, his inventions were, um, it seems we're kind of with Franklin and Edison as the brand names so right. to speak right. rather than the um workhorses of that industry right right so yeah so and that's what you have today um and there's always been talk of these other and then it kind of goes off as things do mm-hmm. to these other things that maybe he never even invented and then it just sort of there's a lot of stuff that's sort of out there about tesla but more so i think it's he's very interesting just because of his mind yeah and so. it, it seems <clears throat> Inventors by themselves, not a company or a pet or a business or a marketing agency, seeing that sort of focus is very different because we we don't see that often. We see right. the company, we see the we see the um, GoFundMe. We don't see the individual right, right. behind it. Yeah. So, so. I, I guess what little thing are we gonna <laughs> look into next time? Well, I thought I'd stay sort of on a science track here okay and uh talk about dr john snow not the guy from game of thrones <laughs> no okay because you're you're ready you're preparing for game of thrones and, jokes. yes there'll be a few probably in the next one and his 1854 study of the Lo- london cholera outbreak where he used mapping to figure out where it was coming from Ooh, okay that sounds interesting oh hey scott did you know that listeners can actually contact us now they can how can they do that yeah, they can just email us at um, historycruise at mykpl.info. Great. Also, like and subscribe on any of the platforms you find this podcast.